The California Technology Council's new CTC Benefits Trust combines groups of emerging technology companies to offer large company benefits to small businesses. This approach delivers employee benefit programs with better choices and at a lower cost. What's included? Medical, dental, and vision options are available with additional employer and employee online resources to support simplified enrollment and administration. To learn more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash join. That's californiatechnology.org forward slash join. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Therapies have mostly sought to harness the adaptive immune system, but Silverback Therapeutics believes its technology platform will allow it to enlist the innate immune system in the fight against cancer, fibrosis, and infectious diseases. The company is developing antibody conjugates that activate myeloid cells to target tumors. Its lead indication is in HER2-positive cancers. We spoke to Peter Thompson, co-founder and CEO of Silverback, about the company's platform technology, its potential applications, and the challenges of activating the innate immune system in a targeted fashion. Peter, thanks for joining us. Delighted to be here. We're going to talk about Silverback, its immunotherapy platform, and its ability to deliver its therapy systemically while generating localized activity. I thought we might begin with a little distinction between the adaptive immune system and the innate immune system. Well, sure. Uh, The adaptive system is the more recent uh, feature of evolution, in a sense, uh, and comprises the responses that are manifest in the T and B cell compartments with respect to the specificities that guide B cells through the B cell antigen receptor and the development of the antibodies associated with that, uh, and T cells through the recognition of peptides bound to class 1 and class 2 MHCs, respectively. The innate system, in contradistinction, has a uh, more uh, somewhat cruder approach to pattern cognition than that which you see in the adaptive uh, immune system, and effectively operates uh, largely within the myeloid compartment to try to identify key determinants that might allow the recognition of a pathogen. So, for example, uh, broad specificities related to carbohydrates that are particular to pathogens uh, or nucleic acid structures uh, operate with 
specific receptors in the context of the innate immune system to activate cells uh, and oftentimes cells in the myeloid lineage. Well, what are myeloid cells and where do they fit into that mix? Yeah, so it's a good question. Most people, when they think about immunology, think about uh, lymphocytes, in particular think about T cells, in part because of the plethora of publications and uh, grants that have been devoted to the study of that important cell population. But outside of uh, lymphocytes, uh, the immune system is comprised as well of monocytes, macrophages, dendritic cells, neutrophils, cells, all of which derive from the myeloid lineage. You've developed a, a technology platform you call ImmunoTAC. What is it, and, and how does it work? So one of the things that has been of interest to the field, and one of the challenges uh, inherent in that interest, has been how to manipulate the innate immune system therapeutically uh, in a manner that is both safe and effective. The innate immune system is very powerful. There are many of these cells in your body and uh, activation of these cells through their cognate receptor systems leads to potent immunological responses which, if not tailored or localized, can lead to systemic toxicities. So the idea that led to the jumping-off point for the company was trying to develop a composition class that would allow for systemic administration of product that would be locally active in the context of the uh, lead molecule that some of the data for which was disclosed at AACR the pathways that are being manipulated are pathways associated with activation of the innate immune system, but the platform is not limited to uh, to that application. Your lead drug candidate is SBT6050. What is it, and how does it work? SBT6050 is a product that homes to tumors that express high levels uh, and intermediate levels of a protein called HER2. And in the context of engaging tumors that express that antigen, are capable then of locally activating myeloid cells through activation of a receptor called TLR8. By so doing, the product allows for safe systemic administration of a product, which in the context of the tumor microenvironment and tumors that express HER2, potently and exuberantly activates myeloid cells uh, and the innate immune system. Why target toll-like receptor 8? What, what's the advantage of using that as a, a place to hit a tumor? So it's a great question because uh, it's not the only innate receptor. In the context of thinking through product design, one of the keys is trying to define the specific cellular subpopulations that you want to be able to access and manipulate the activity of with your drug. In the context of tumors, the 
cell populations that are of greatest interest are monocytes and macrophages, as well as what are called uh, classic dendritic cells. Uh, it is these cell populations that express, in humans, that express TLR8. Uh, other receptor systems in the innate uh, in the innate system either are not expressed in those cell populations or are expressed uh, uh, rather uh, prolifically throughout a variety of cells, including tumor cells, uh, as well as cells outside the myeloid lineage uh, that can generate properties that are not conducive to safety and efficacy. And on that basis, we decided to focus on uh, TLR8. One of the reasons, actually, that TLR8 is relatively understudied uh, is that uh, there really is not a functional homologue of TLR8 in rodent systems, which comprise so much of the work that's done in standard preclinical development. So humans have TLR8, uh, but rodents do not have a functional form of TLR8, uh, which has led to probably some underappreciation of TLR8 biology in humans and TLR8 as a target. Manufacturing antibody conjugates can be quite challenging. How efficiently and consistently can you produce these, and how precisely are you able to position the various components? Well, so the manufacture of antibody drug conjugates is relatively well known uh, and has been exploited, for example, up here uh, by uh, Seattle Genetics and uh, marketed products such as Catsila and et cetera, et cetera. I think what you're referring to is there has been uh, interest recently in, in particular for cytotoxic ADCs as to whether there might be a benefit in site-specific modification of, uh, uh, of the protein components of the, of the system. Uh, and that's still being, uh, I think, worked out. And what indications are you pursuing with this right now? So SBT6050 is broadly targeted at HER2 2-plus and HER2 3-plus expressing tumors. That includes, but is not limited to, the uh, breast cancers that, uh, for example, other HER2-directed therapies have been approved for. Uh, HER2 expression is now known to be a feature of a variety of epithelial malignancies, including subpopulations of patients with non-small cell lung cancer, colorectal cancer, etc. I know there's concerns about activating the innate immune system by using this antibody-conjugated approach. Do you mitigate that, and are you able to keep the response very localized? So it's a great question, of course, because the history of the field of giving systemic TLR agonists uh, is uh, replete with the uh, issues associated with limitations of their use occasioned by systemic toxicity in particular cytokine release, which is what you would anticipate mechanistically. So it was important for us to see, and what we disclosed uh, in AACR is that these compounds are able to generate uh, exuberant anti-tumor activity without any evidence of peripheral cytokine release or safety issues.
there's been a, a lot of excitement about the potential of immune checkpoint inhibitors within the, the world of cancer. How did these therapies work? Well, so that too is uh, part of the genesis of why we got interested in doing this in the first place, because one of the, uh, we're still kind of, uh, the field uh, is still trying to understand exactly what the requirements are for uh, efficacy associated with the inhibition of the PD-1, PD-L1 interaction. However, one of the characteristics that we do know is that uh, the greater the population of what we used to call TILs, I think we still call TILs, or tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes, generally the higher the likelihood of response, and conversely, uh, as that drops, the lower. Interestingly, uh, is the converse in the tumor microenvironment uh, appears to be true with respect to the myeloid infiltrate. So uh, tumors that have relatively high myeloid infiltrates oftentimes have relatively low lymphoid infiltrates and vice versa. Uh, And so in the context of thinking through the patient populations that respond inadequately or poorly to checkpoint inhibition, as you've referred to it, uh, the idea was whether we could actually leverage the myeloid population uh, in that patient group both to generate single-agent efficacy, but also to shift microenvironment, the tumor microenvironment, to a more permissive environment with respect to T-cell infiltrate and the potential utilization of checkpoint inhibitors. Well, is the expectation that you would use your therapies as single agents, or is there a potential to use them in combination with checkpoint inhibitors? The data that we disclosed at uh, AACR shows the potency of this approach as a single agent, generating single agent cures in animal models associated both with uh, rapid cytoreduction of the tumor by activated of activation of the myeloid cells intratumorally, but also the generation of an exuberant neoantigen response through the adaptive system. With respect to the latter, there would be every expectation that that response could be augmented or uh, or prolonged uh, by checkpoint inhibition, and there'll probably be more to say about that in upcoming scientific meetings. One of the problems with checkpoint inhibitors is that they're not terribly effective, obviously, on tumors where T-cells aren't very present, but the other thing we've seen is that cancers are able to change and develop resistance. Any sense on how durable an effect your therapies might have at this point? And is there something they're doing that might combat the development of resistance? Well, it's a fair question. And the answer to that, as with the uh, evolving understanding of checkpoint inhibition, will probably come from studies in the clinic, of course. Right now, what we know is that uh, these agents are capable of generating single-agent cures in animal models that uh, generally don't respond well to checkpoint inhibition and are relatively uh, have relatively low amounts of uh, T-cell infiltrates in their uh, in their tumors. The nature of the uh, the biology that's induced by these involves uh, both the uh, responses across a broad set of neoantigens as well as, of course, responses from the, uh, the myeloid compartment that don't really depend upon antigen, uh, antigen presentation. 
So uh, one possibility would be that uh, uh, this kind of therapy might be relatively robust against uh, changes in or heterogeneity within the tumor microenvironment. Uh, but of course, that will be something that will be better addressed with clinical data. And where are you in the development, and, and what's the path forward? So we anticipate initiating clinical development of the first of these compounds, uh, SBT6050, uh, next year, and are obviously very excited about that. And you're looking at this technology to a, a broader range of diseases, including fibrosis and, and infectious disease. How does this approach work in, in other conditions? So we'll have more to say about that at upcoming scientific meetings. But broadly speaking, the ability to systemically deliver agents that are locally active uh, enables us to leverage pathways uh, that have always been known to be highly potent with respect to being able to reverse and address specific pathologies, uh, but which have heretofore been unable to approach from a systemic perspective. Uh, more specifically, of course, will be disclosed in upcoming scientific meetings with respect to that, but the exemplification of that that you can see in the AACR disclosure is not limited to TLR8 agonism or to HER2 as a target, of course. Peter Thompson, President and CEO of Silverback Therapeutics. Peter, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you much. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.